Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. You ever have a song that you just cannot listen to because it, um, it, that's the beauty about music, man. Music can move you like, like no other. There's a few songs out there that when they come on, I just, I just can't even listen to them. I'm going to tell you one of them. This is me being, being a little soft with y'all being vulnerable. There's a song by little big town called better man. If you never heard that, go listen to it. And I don't, I don't get paid advertising for throwing out little big towns music. No, it's not like I'm gonna get anything for it. If you're a dude like this, this, I mean, I guess it it can apply to chicks too. If you're, if you, if you experience mental anguish and it's changed you in your life, listen to that song. And if you have had relationship problems in your life because of who you've become, listen to that song. And what it says is she, she goes on in this song and just as a, just as I'm not going to sing or I'm not going to sing shit. I'm going to read you some of the lyrics. It says sometimes in the middle of the night, I can feel you again, but I just miss you. And I just wish you were a better man. And she says that over and over. I just miss you and I just wish you were a better man. A better man. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've thought about that in my own life. During my struggles. That I could almost feel those words coming out of my wife's mouth. Without her saying it. Like the things that I put my family through. The thing, positions that I put us in and. I've, I've just, I've been looked at like that before. And it, you know, the crazy part is shit. I wish I was a better man sometimes too. Um, and I know there's a lot of you out there that feel that way. And sometimes you can't, you can't figure out how to be that better man, you know? Um, but I can tell you this, it takes work. And I think what it is, a lot of times, and especially in a relationship, people want the old you. They don't want the new you. They don't want the changed you. But unfortunately, people change in life. People grow into something that they never saw coming. I never I never saw me changing and becoming this the, the person that I was for so long and the person I still am that I work on. 
But you know what? Like, I don't, what I don't think people realize is a lot of times we are better. We are better. It's just not better for them. And that's what I want to place emphasis on today. We try so hard to be better for so many people. And in doing so, what we don't do is we don't become better for ourselves. We try to accommodate and we try to do the things that we think other people will like. And I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about marriages, girlfriends, boyfriends, families. Okay. I'm talking about a lot of people outside of that. This is relationship 101 with a very damaged person. All right. I know I talk about the, 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 when, when spouses don't get, they don't celebrate the same victories we do. Like when I want to pop off at the mouth or I want to behave a certain way or I'll, something's bothering me and I'm actually fighting a battle. Nobody can see, but I got a smile on my face because I know if I show this battle that I'm fighting, everybody starts questioning my sanity. Everybody says, well, there he is again. There's, there's the guy who's, who's having all these problems, right? So you don't show those problems. And by not showing them, you are a better man. You don't let your family Feel whatever it is you're going through. We shield them from so much, man. It's uh, it's insane when you sit back to think about the things that you actually protect your family from on a day-to-day basis and you shield them from. And at the end of the day, you still feel like a piece of shit. And I've been there. I know a lot of dudes have been there and I know a lot of women have been there too. Um, Because I've had these conversations privately on the phone with people. I've had them over messenger with people. I've had them on text messages with people. I've had them face-to-face with people. I never realized how many people I would be connected to by doing what I do now. It's insane at the friendships that, that have spawned from what I do now. It's insane at the at the drop of a hat I could pick up the phone and call somebody that gets me that relates to me and it is it's it's an auxiliary I don't know if that's even a damn word. I'm not even going to pronounce. I'm not going to try that. It's a good feeling to know that you're not alone and that you're not the only person because I'm going to tell you there's been times in my life where I used to say the same thing. I wish I was a better man. I, but then when I look at what I was going through, I wasn't a bad man. I was just a damaged man. And I was working on something that nobody could see. Something nobody else could even understand. And I'm the only one that got it. Because I was living it. And I climbed that mountain by myself. And many many times, yeah, you have you have people around you. If you slip and fall and shit like that, they'll, they'll catch you. But sometimes they won't catch you with open arms. Sometimes they will catch you with regret. And sometimes they'll catch you and just look at you like, when are you ever going to get this stuff figured out? And you feel that. Like you, you, you feel that, um, that negative energy coming from people because of your presence. And it's hard. And it, and it gets hard because you, you get tired of putting people through that. And you want to be a better man. You want to be a better woman. And you feel like, it's never going to happen. And you feel like no matter how hard you claw and how hard you fight, you're always going to be fighting that fight. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to drop a little truth serum on you right here real quick. You are always going to be fighting that fight. It doesn't go away. I've been fighting that fight for 15 years and it hasn't went anywhere. I've gotten better at managing it. 
And that's the best we can do. All right. You are not going to make your problems ever go away and disappear and then end up on um, cloud nine again. You can pretend like it. There's been times in my life where I pretend like I have it all together and just underneath the surface, I'm getting ready to come undone. But then you hold it together and you look forward to a new day and you keep climbing. You keep, you keep ascending that hill, hoping to one day get on the top and pull your gloves off like Rocky and do the Rocky dance. Like I made it. I'm good. I'm never going to have problems again, but you're always going to have those problems. You just have to manage. I want to, I just want to be honest like you, and tell you this. You're a good person. Just because you have flaws and just because you have experiences that most people can't understand, that doesn't make you a not better man. That doesn't make you a not better woman. You see, in relationships, when, when we grow into something else that we, we ourselves were never expecting to grow into, we can't explain that to people. We can't, all we can do is work with what we got, man. And you turn into something else. And this is what we have to work with now. And I think so many people like to go back to the infancy of a relationship. Like, let's be honest. Everybody loves to go back to that fantasy of the times when it was just fantastic. And it was everybody looked forward to seeing one another. And it was hugs and kisses all the time. But life gets real. And people grow apart and damage happens to people along the way that nobody knows how to fix. I listen to that song and when she says, I wish you were a better man, I sit there and think about, you know, well, what if he is a better man? Well, like he's just a changed man and maybe he did some wrong in his life. But I think about it takes two people. Why aren't you a better woman? You know, you're not innocent in this. <laughs> it happens just me dissecting the song. I'm sure there's things that you did that you didn't understand where he was coming from and it only made it harder for him. If we're talking, and I'm just talking from a PTSD standpoint, I don't want people to go off and think this is some sexist tirade I'm doing, but I do understand what it's like going through something and having a spouse who doesn't understand that because I refuse to communicate with my spouse about that. So it made it more difficult for them, which in turn made it more difficult for me because when you have, imagine I'm going to say two things here. You ever heard of the words language barrier? You get two people that don't speak the same language and all of a sudden they're just confused. Neither They can't communicate. There's zero communication because there's a language barrier. That's what mental health is. People that don't understand this, there's no way. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to make them understand it. It's. I remember back in the day, I would say things to my wife, and I'm not proud of this, but I would I would tell her, I was like, until you really experience a horrible event in your life, you're never going to understand what it is I go through. And you got to take that one event you've been through and, and times that by about, I don't know, a thousand. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and that's what it's like. It's the average person in their life only only experiences, I think, what is it, like three to five bad events in their life, and that's usually and it's and that revolves around losses of family members and stuff like that. You take a first responder or somebody military, you can do that in a shift. You understand? You can you can get a lifetime of trauma for most people in one shift. I know I've had one shift like that. I've had many of one shifts like that. 
I I mean, I look back on my time and when I just sit back and think, I'm like, it. I, I don't understand how all those bad things happened. Incident after 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 incident. It just never stopped. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a changed man. And I wish I was a better man, too. I wish I never experienced all that stuff. I remember when I was young, man, all I wanted to do is be in the action. That's all I wanted. And these young kids have no idea. I talked about it on the last podcast. A lot of times they don't know what they're getting into. You know, they don't understand what it is they're doing. And then they get into it and they realize, oh, this is a lot different than I was expecting. But I can speak somewhat intelligently on this because, listen, I know how difficult it is for a spouse to try to understand, to want to understand, but to be met with that language barrier of mental health crisis. When you're in a bad place and they're just struggling and they're scrambling to do any and everything they can do to make it better, to understand and we just suck at communicating and we don't, we ourselves don't even know how to make it better. Something just happens. You ever had a day where everything is just fine. And then the next two weeks, just, I mean, in the flip of a switch for two weeks, it's just a fucking nightmare. You can literally be walking down the street thinking, man, this is the best day of my life. I think I'll go home and kill myself. That's what it's like. And then you can't shake that. You can't shake it for weeks sometimes. And everybody around you pays for that. So, of course, when they see that, they want you to be a better man. I hate it for the spouses, man. Could you imagine trying to... So, let's say if you if somebody delivered a house to you on, on the land that you just bought. And you were going to build a house. And it came in a kit. They delivered all the parts to it, all the boards, all the nails, all the screws, all the caulk. It was just a, a, a kit that arrives and you get to build this house on your land. Okay. And when you get there, you open it up and there's no instructions and they tell you, good luck. That's what it's like. That's what it's like being in a relationship with somebody that has been in a mental health crisis or is currently in a mental health crisis. It's unchartered territory. It's. There's no navigation to this thing. There's sometimes you're operating in the dark in, in complete silence alone and isolated. And there's no way to really figure it out by yourself. And when you do try to communicate, we push back and we shut down. I had a message yesterday on uh, Facebook. Excuse me. It was actually this morning. Excuse me. Not on Facebook, but on Instagram. And it was a lady who was telling me she has a girlfriend of a guy. They've been dating six months and all of a sudden he's having these issues from his time over in, in Iraq and she wants to know what the problem is and she's pushing him and pushing him. And I told her, I said, tell her to knock that shit off. All she's going to do is push him into a corner and he's going to unleash fury on her. You got to let people talk when they're ready to talk. Spouses, hear me out. I know you want to know. But damn it, you can't push. You can't even pry. The best thing you can do for somebody who is going through a mental health crisis is to look at them and let them know, I'm here for you whenever you want to talk. No judgment. If you want to open up to me, I would love for you to open up to me. I'd love for you to be able to do that. You do it at your pace. 
you were you would never pry a conversation out of a dude like me. You come up to me asking questions and shit, I'm going to shut it down and I'm going to get aggressive and I'm going to tell you shut the fuck up. Honestly, that's usually how it happens. We don't like to relinquish control of our vulnerability. It takes time and it takes trust. And it takes a long time and a lot of trust to do that. That's why when we go to therapy, a lot of people, sometimes they'll go to a therapist. They finally, they finally get to a point where they're like, I got to, I got to get some help and they go get help. And the therapist isn't really ready for, you know, what we have. And it gives, it gives the responder or whoever's going to therapy, it gives them a bad experience and they never go back. You know, that's why it's important to establish that trust. And I hope that I think the one thing I can tell people, if I could give any advice out there, is if you have a spouse that's that's struggling and really going through something, sit down, put your hand on their leg, and tell them you're proud of them. Tell them you're proud of them for staying in the fight. Tell them you're proud of them for working on whatever it is they're trying to work on by themselves and alone usually. Don't make them feel like they're not good enough. Don't make them feel like you wish they were a better man or a better woman because all that does is pours gasoline on the fire to a person who's already struggling beyond where you could ever imagine that they're struggling from. I know what it's like to feel like you're not good enough. I know what it's like to, and this is, and nobody ever said that to me. Nobody's ever come out and said, Hey, Travis, I wish you were a better man. Travis, you're not good enough. I just, I just know what it's like to feel that way. It already feels like that sometimes because we know we're damaged. We know we're different. We know something's wrong. We don't know how to fix it. We don't have the instruction manual. We're building this house with zero experience in carpentry. Do you understand? Do you understand how difficult it would be for somebody to drop a kit of off at a house and tell you to build it with no instructions and you have zero experience with this? I don't have any experience rewiring my brain. I don't have any experience in brain surgery, but that's what it is. It's daily brain surgery that we do. We, we work on a few things. Well, let me cross these wires. Let me see if this works. Let me see if that works. Well, that worked. Now I don't even know why it worked, but it worked. And then tomorrow it doesn't work again when you try the same thing. And it's like, well, shit, let me start all over. Let me figure out how to be happy today. Well, this worked yesterday, but it doesn't work today. Spouses, you got to let your person be who they are. You got to stop trying to turn them into something that they are not and stop trying to make them fit a mold that works for you. Maybe you have to make a tough decision. And that tough decision might be, do I want to be with this person who has changed and who has grown into something else? Or... Do I want to stand by this person's side and support this person and experience whatever growth they're going through? I'm going to take that on with them and I'm going to be here as a support element to help them get through it. That's only a decision that you two can make together. I've learned it's crazy because when I was, you know, when I was policing, it's funny because I talk to police all the time and and we got to say, and everybody's a suspect. It's just, everybody's a suspect. You see, Somebody walking down the road and it's like, fuck, what'd he do? You know, like, where's his car? Who'd he rob? Like, or you see somebody jogging. 
Anytime I see somebody jogging, I'm looking for the police behind them, right? I'm like, all right, we're the cops. What, 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 What did he just do? And it's just people having a good day, man. And you can't help but to be cynical. And I, and some, hey, the job does that to you. I tell people all this time, all the time, like, do not let this job change your perception of the real world. I try to be in control of that. When I, when I'm, when I'm thinking like that, I stop and I'm like, all right, listen, it's, it's, dude just happens to be out for a jog or that, that old lady that's actually running. Travis, she didn't just rob a bank. Calm down. Um, having said that, I think it's important with friendships to, and this is the pot calling the kettle black. I have an extremely small circle, very, very small. I always often tell people you can judge how somebody was by how many people are at their funeral, not their weddings, not their birthday, but watch when they die, watch how many people show up and celebrate that person. You know, you can tell a lot. And me and Randy joke all the time, like, if he dies before me, then nobody's at my funeral. If I die before him, nobody's at his funeral. And it's, it's just kind of funny because we, we're the kind of people where we don't, we are each other's circle. If you run down like that, when, when those phone companies were having like your top five phone calls, like people in your, your top five, and it was like a list of your top five, there's only one number in there. We couldn't even fill out five. I could put my mom, my dad, my sister, and Randy. I couldn't even make a fifth person. Because that's how small my circle is. Now, I know a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. I have a, a fucking thousands of acquaintances. Thousands of people that I communicate with throughout the year that I consider acquaintances. I mean, that's what it is. Because to be a friend, I think like a true, true friend requires a lot of trust. I mean, a lot of trust. I mean, because I've experienced over the years... People have agendas, man, and that's what it feels like to me. And maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm different because of the business that I'm in and I, the businesses I've been in over the years. It just it seems like so many people have ulterior motives to your friendship. When they come into your life, they come in, they they swoop in, and they seem like somebody that genuinely wants to be there. But at the end of the day, they want something from you. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't experienced some of the things I have. And I'm not gonna really get into it. I'm not going to get into name calling or anything, but there's a couple instances for, for one. I take my time very seriously. I value my time more than anything in this world. And I tell people at every class that I go to, your most valuable commodity in this life is your time. It's not even the air you breathe because you only get a certain amount of time to breathe that air, right? Time is your most valuable commodity. So be very, very careful where you spend it and who you give it to. Okay. And nothing pisses me off more than giving somebody my time that wastes it. So anyway, being that my time is valuable, when I leave this farm, that comes with a price. And I do what I do. I don't do it for free. I can't do it for free, right? But people expect because they know you, people expect because they've said your name a couple times that you owe them a favor, right? And I know people in business. When I used to own the limousine company, it was like this. And I mean... When people know your name, they feel like I get a discount, right? And that's just not the case, man. It's actually insulting if you think about when somebody comes at you and tries to get you to do whatever you do professionally and they try to get you to do it for free, it's fucking insulting. Let's say if you're a, a brick mason or you're an electrician and you have friends and all of a sudden they have this electrical problem at their house. Now, I say friend. I don't mean your friend like in your circle of one. I'm talking somebody that that knows your name. 
that all of a sudden you're their friend now because they need your help. That's what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden that you come over there and they need a complete rewire of their house, right? If you, yeah, if you just got to go throw in a light switch or something, maybe cut them a break. But when you got to do a complete rewire, what happens is the time that you put into that is time that you could have put into a paying job and actually been paid for your services, your services that you are valued at and that you're worth, right? Well, when you sacrifice that because you don't get that time back to go help this person and then they want it for free, it ends up costing you, not them. They end up making out on it. And that's, we have an old saying in the police department and all the police out there listening, you know what I'm about. I don't know if you know what I'm about to say, but you'll know where I'm going as soon as I start saying it. Anytime you do somebody a favor, what? Okay. I know y'all said it out loud. It fucks you. Anytime you do favors for people, it only fucks you. And you got to understand that. It's okay. You know what? You know how I look at like when I have a friend that has, has a business and I need something from them, you know, you know why I employ them because I trust them. I don't, I don't ask for free shit. I don't ask for discounts. My family is in the automotive business. My immediate family. I only take my car to them because I trust them and not once do I ever ask for a fucking hookup ever. I don't expect it. I give them the business because I trust them. I don't ever expect somebody to devalue what they do because I know their name. I recently had someone, <laughs> someone really pissed me off and it, I think it started out as, as, as harmless and then it got, it got harmful very quickly. And somebody insulted me by pretty much talking about, I guess, questioning my allegiance to America. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And ultimately what it came down to is like, I put nothing above this country and this person's not from this country. And it, I, I found it kind of comical, but then something was said after that. And what was said was true feelings were revealed. And I think, I think when people get drunk and they say things like you get, you get glimpses of the truth and this person wasn't intoxicated by any means, but, um, oh shit, I'll tell you what was said. I have a, um, I have a contract with a, um, with an event coming up and, there was a private conversation with this person about this con contract. And I, I shared some, I shared some of my concerns about the people that are involved with this contract because that they're not honoring the commitment to it. And I was thinking about having to pull the plug on it. All right. And I don't want to do that, but you got to honor what you agree to. And ultimately what happened is the person said something about you, you're taking money from first responders and that's hypocritical. And it said something about me being American and shit, but first of all, the contract wasn't with first responders at all. So I wasn't taking anything from them. The, the contract is with a, a private company that is doing a benefit for first responders. And mind you, I haven't taken any money yet. There's, there's no deposit. There's nothing. So the, the argument was invalid, but what the argument stemmed from was, uh, where I put, so I shared a story in my Instagram and it showed my tour schedule and it showed how many States are in that tour schedule. And then it showed Canada. All right. So for geographical purposes and the purpose of the picture on social media, I put, um, I put Canada below the United States and this person is from Canada and this person 
made a comment that it was in the wrong spot. And I go, no, it's, it's not in the wrong spot. Nothing goes above America. And I was being funny, right? Because, you know, when we hang the American flag, no flag goes above it. Everything else goes below it. And then, well, I don't know, a person didn't like that shit. And so then I was pretty much called um, a typical American and like like that kind of shit. And this person <clears throat> lives in this country, takes is benefits from this country. And I was kind of like, uh, this country sucks so bad. You could, you know, feel free to go back. Look, I'm half Canadian. I'm proud of my Canadian heritage. I'm not running from that. My grandfather fought in the world war two. He was shot defending this world while he was fighting for Canada. I don't even know why I'm telling this story. I just think it's funny, but this came from a person that I didn't expect it from. And what I'm getting at is I think some, some, um, some true feelings slipped out on that person's end. And all I'm saying is be careful who you let close, man. Cause I let that person in very, very, very close for a while. And you know, that's, that's why I have, you know, trust issues. And I think a lot of people have trust issues because you let people in. And at some point you feel like they take advantage of that and it just kind of sucks. And it was, uh, I valued that friendship and that friendship is no longer. And I'm, I'm one that, it's not about forgive and forget for me, but it's like, hey, you crossed a fucking line and I ain't never going to like, I'm never going to be okay with that. Um, I'd like to say that I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about forgiving people, but to be honest with you, I'm not. It's, it's one of those um, things like once you, once you cross a line and once you expose certain things about yourself, I, I, I can't, I can't look past that. And I think that's why when I talk, when I talked about this in my book, I talked about this a long time ago on podcasts, you know, some people that I wronged in my life, they chose not to forgive me. And I understand that. But you know what? As a grown man, I'm not, I'm not butthurt over that. I understand that. And I respect their opinion. A fucking door just closed in here. And I'm the only person in this house. Did y'all hear that? I don't know if that's going to show up, but if you heard a door close, let me tell you, like I'm looking over my shoulder right now. That was weird. I'm not going to get butt hurt if somebody doesn't want to continue a friendship with me, especially if I cross the line with them. That's my bad. I own that as a man. So I reached out to friends when I burned bridges down and I apologized and all that. And some of them accepted it because that's, that's who they are. They are like, you know what? I'm going to look past it and I'm going to welcome you back into my life. And you know what? Thank you. But there are others. There are others that they... They can't see past that because they're like, you know what, Travis? I feel like you revealed your true self, even though you are working on yourself to become a better man. But that crossed the line with me, and it's a line that I'm not willing to um, to overlook. So I think you got to think about those things in life. Like choose who you who you're willing to forgive. Um, I don't I don't hold grudges. I do know that. I don't I don't think holding grudges is a good thing at all ever. I think you need to get past things, right? Say your peace and then move on. And people, listen, people come and go into your life. You cannot, you, you cannot, hear me out. You cannot keep everybody in your life happy with you. People grow. Uh, I had, I had a friendship that, uh, I thought was going well. And then all of a sudden, you know, I would, I would call this dude, you know, and, and I, I was never good about really reaching out and trying to make new friends. So this was something I was trying and we hung out a few times. We did a few things and, and I really thought highly of this person, but then he just quit calling me and 
I realized, I was like, look, I'm not in the business of chasing people down and trying to make them be my friends. Maybe he's going through something. I don't know. But months later, he reaches out on a text message and asks how I'm doing. And I, I mean, I pretty much said it because with me, you, you get what you, 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 you get what you see or you see whatever you see, what you see, which I don't know what you see is what you get. And I told him, I said, look, man, I, I've called you multiple times. I never heard back from you. And you know, that tells me right there that, you know, I'm obviously not a priority in your life. And I get it. People are busy. I'm one of the busiest motherfuckers I know, but call my phone and watch what I do. I will make time for people that I want to make time for big difference. And I understand that as a grown ass man, I understand that I don't play the ignore you game. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care how busy I get. I'm going to call you back. Then it's not going to take me months to do that. That's what I'm talking about. Giving time to people. And I'm not, I didn't, I didn't spout off on here to start bashing anybody. That's not what this was about because I'm not innocent in any of this. None of it. I mean, I have my faults. Um, what I will tell you is don't waste your time investing it with the wrong people. Don't waste your time trying to convince other people that you're a better man or a better woman than what you used to be. That's exhausting. Either they welcome you back or they don't, but don't spend your time chasing them down, trying to rekindle a friendship that you may have burned a bridge in the past. Let them live their lives and you live your life and find new friends. I know a lot of times we try to, that that's hard, man. It's hard playing that, that proving game. Like, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to prove to you that I'm better and that I'm not the same way because they're always waiting for you to fuck up and you know that, and they know that, and you feel that that's that whole better man thing. It's uh, it gets old trying to convince everybody that you're good and it gets old trying to convince everybody that you're not the person you used to be. Guess what? You're not the person you used to be. That person died a long time ago, probably. And you've grown into this other person. Best thing I can tell you is from personal experience is all your triggers. You got to work on those. You got to work on your triggers. You got to work on managing yourself, managing your expectations of people. And that way, when things don't go the way that you think they should go, you don't overreact. One of my biggest things was I would always overreact to certain things because my, my expectations of people were higher than what they should have been. And so when those people didn't meet or exceed those expectations in whatever capacity, whether it be parenting or just, just in conversation, whatever it was, I would get disappointed in that. And I would express my disdain. And I guess part of that was I wasn't happy with me either. And I needed, I needed to find fault in other people to feel good about me. And let's just be honest. That's, that's exactly what it was because that's what we do when we're injured. That's what we do when we need validation okay, nobody else understands that I'm a good man. I'm going to make myself feel good and I'm going to put other people down and I'm going to find fault in everything everybody else does. And then I'll make myself feel like a good person. And all that does is hollows you out even more. How do we become better for whatever's happened to us in the past, right? That That's the million dollar question. And that's that's the thing everybody searches for when when they suffer a mental injury, it's the healing. It's like, when will this be over? Like when, how do I get better? How do I not focus on that? And I can simply tell you this by stop running from it, right? 
I, I just gave this advice to a young man the other day, and I told him every time you run from whatever has happened to you, you're refusing to face it. And the only way to get better and to become to become better and resilient is to face whatever it is. You stare it down in the face. You don't do that with alcohol. You don't do that with substance abuse. You don't bitch about it to your friends when you get drunk because that's the only time you can talk about it. You get completely sober and you face it. You face whatever it is, whatever that monster is, that thing that you're scared of, that thing that you're running from, that thing that you hide from, and you face it head on. And eventually, over time, you conquer it. And you learn how to control it, manipulate it, versus it controlling and manipulating you. And then you will see a increased improvement in your mental wellness. And that's how you get better. You are never going to be perfect. You will always have faults and people will always find faults in you. You have to be comfortable with you. That's what this boils down to. You have to live your life for you. You have to be happy for you. You know, I hate to say this, but there's people. This is another reason you keep a small circle because there are people in your circle that are not cheering for you. There are people that want to see you fail. I hate to say that, but it is true. People get off on seeing people not do well. People get off on seeing people struggle when they're trying to accomplish something because there's envy and there's jealousy and that shit is right under the surface. And if you listen carefully, when you're in certain conversations with people, people will make jabs at you. People will compliment you, but in in the same breath, they will be fucking backhanding you to your face. And you have to be able to recognize that. And when you recognize that, you got to think, is this the motherfucker I want cheerleading for me? Is this the person I want in my corner? Are they really going to be beneficial to my recovery? And chances are they're not. Because there are very few people that can actually stand by because they're so confident in themselves and they're so secure in themselves that they can stand by and applaud you and help you and, and, and like celebrate you. I'm telling you right now, people in your closest circle, some of them are cheering against you, but for you to your face. I don't say this to raise suspicion of people in your circle. I'm just saying be aware that everybody close to you might not be who you, you think they are, you know? And that's what's disappointing to me is because it was just kind of disclosed to me the other day that someone in my close circle was, I mean, I guess they were who they thought they were, but when their real feelings came out about who they thought I was, that I mean, that bothered me, I'm not going to lie, but for for somebody to think that you know I'm hypocritical of what I do because I'm extremely passionate about what I do and I just feel like that's that was that person's true opinion and it just is what it is so if that's the way people about you in your circle are going to feel about you you get to choose whether they get to remain in that circle or not so that's all I'm getting at and all of this goes back to being a better man being a better woman see What's going to make you better are the people that you do surround yourself with. Ultimately, it's going to be people that support you and people that lift you up, not people that build you down, not people that have adverse opinions about you and things like that. You got to surround yourself with positivity. You got to surround yourself with the people that are truly there for you. And 
that's how you become better. And it takes time and it takes effort. I tell people all the time. I love when people say time heals all wounds. No, it does not. Time and effort does, especially mental wounds. You have to make an effort at getting better. And if you're not willing to put in the work, if you're not willing to do the heavy lifting, it's never going to get better. If you're always going to mask your problems with a substance, when you don't have that substance, it's not going to get better for you. It's just going to get harder for you. And then the, the lifting is going to be something that you are not used to because you're not accustomed, you're not conditioned to doing heavy lifting anymore. So you have to condition yourself to lift the weight, to do the work, and then put in the time. And when those two coincide, eventually you get to a better place. And hopefully by then you do become a better man, better woman, but not for anybody else, but for yourself. I love y'all. Have a good one.